Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur here to help you navigate the messiness of mom life and biz life. Each week, my guests and I will share our experiences, insights, and tips to help you move your business from survival mode to success mode. So grab your favorite drink and let's dive in because this girl means business. Hey there, welcome to episode 150 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today, we're diving back into our topic around money, and we're chatting with Sarah Walton, who is a business mentor, been featured on the Today Show, and speaks at women's conferences all over the world, and we're talking about our relationship with money. She is busting some of the biggest money myths that we as women have, And I think even if you feel like you have a good relationship with money, this is a must-listen-to interview because she is laying it all out there, things that really dive deep, that make you ask the, the important questions that we're not always asking ourselves when it comes to our relationship with money. So I am so excited to get to our episode today. A little bit about Sarah. I mentioned that she is a business mentor. She's also the voice behind the Game On Girlfriend podcast. And she's known for her weekly Sarah Uncut TV show on YouTube and live Coffee with Coach streaming video conversations on Monday mornings. Her specialty is making sales fun as she helps women heal their relationship with money. And she has become the go-to source of inspiration, no-nonsense teaching, and practical integration for women in business. During my conversation with Sarah, I was taking copious notes, so I know you're going to want to grab a pen and paper or the notes app on your phone, or just make sure that you bookmark this episode so you can come back to it because there's lots of gems that she's dropping in this one. All right, guys, let's get to our conversation today with Sarah Walton. Hey guys, I'm here with Sarah Walton. We're going to be talking about myths that are keeping you broke. I'm so excited to talk about this today. So Sarah, welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm awesome, Kendra. Thank you so much. I'm actually really excited for this conversation today. Yeah. I'm to be here. Me too. Me too. I cannot wait to get into this. But before that, I want you to tell us a little bit about you and who you are and what you do and a little bit of your journey to getting to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Isn't this the fun part, you guys? Oh my gosh. So let's see. So I am a business mentor and I love making sales fun. And I deal a lot with our relationship to money, especially as women, um, because I think there's so much we weren't taught and there's so much that gets handed down to us from other women. And then we keep some of these sort of, I'm going to call them misunderstandings, <laughs> some of these misunderstandings and myths about women and money in place for each other. And I'm really out to sort of break that apart. And uh, the reason this matters so much to me is um, when I was younger, we were super poor. And when I say poor, I am talking about a half of loaf of bread that my mother had made and a jar of honey in the cupboards, the end, like that uh-huh. was it. And, um, and I watched my mother really struggle through this. She was a single mom and it kind of came to a head when I was about uh, 15 years old, I had wanted to be on the high school dance team, like since I could walk, right? Like I'm watching these girls, you know, I had these five older brothers. I was like, oh my God, all I want to do is be out on that field dancing. And I tried out for the dance team after breaking my knees. It was Janet Jackson era. So there were lots of like knee drops and (laughs) chair throwing things. Yes. So I had worked my tail off down in the basement of our house to get this audition down and I'd made it. And I was so excited. 
And then, you know, I got the letter from the school about how much our costumes were going to cost, right? Like you had to get your jacket and your shoes and stuff. And I'm looking at this paper and I don't know, Kendra, if you've ever had those moments where you sort of have like an out of body experience where you sort of watch this experience happen to you and you're like, what, how do I, what? And I felt my stomach drop through the floor and I'm holding this piece of paper and I'm like, I can't, I'm watching this dream just disappear because we can't do this. So I, um, got a job at the mall. It was the eighties. This is what we did. Okay. (laughs) I got a job at the mall selling crap. Nobody needed (laughs) one of those little tchotchke places on the, like one of those carts. And, um, it came time to cash my paycheck. And I was so excited because it was enough for the deposit. And at the time we had to go to the grocery store to get this check cashed because I didn't have my own account yet. And this is what they did. They had these service desks or whatever in the grocery store. So as we're walking in, my mom has my younger brother and she says, Sarah, the strawberries are on sale. Can we get some? Because I'm the one who now is apparently making money, right? So we walk in there. I say, yeah, we can get the strawberries. And I go and I get my check cashed and I go to find my mom in what I'm assuming is the 10 items or less checkout and she's not there. And I'm looking and looking and I see her in line with a cart full of groceries. Mm. And in that groceries is like my brother's favorite breakfast cereal. It's like lunch meat for his sandwiches, you know, at at school, the bread, cheese, the strawberries, gallon of milk. And I'm thinking she can't pay for these. And I'm standing there and I know I can pay for my costume Mm. or I can pay for these groceries, but I can't do both. And that was the moment. I think it both broke me and gave birth to me at the same time. Like my mission in life was to make sure no woman I knew was ever in the position I was that day where we as moms so often, it's like what I need and what the family needs, right? Financially, we make those decisions. And I never wanted anyone to be where my mother was either. And that became my life's mission is understanding how we interact with money and how a moment like that could happen to anybody. Mm -hmm. So when I teach sales as fun. When I teach women how to create businesses out of their talents and their experiences and their expertise, that's the motive is we have got to get more money in the hands of more women because this is not okay. And this is happening across the world all the time, every day. And I am 100% not okay with it. And my stance is to make sure we understand how we get there and then how we get out of it. Yeah, And it's really, really important to me. So that's wow. kind of my backstory. Did I answer your question? I hope. Yes, that's amazing. Okay. I, then. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> so we growing up for me, and I'm sure like going through this, I told you before, I was like, I have a lot of that I carry when it comes to money. And, and I love diving mm-hmm. into like the back, like what we bring into our lives from our childhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and mine wasn't quite like yours, but I can remember, we didn't have a ton of money either. And every little bit, I mean, I remember my begging my mom to go to McDonald's sometimes. And she would be like, we don't have money for McDonald's, you know? Um, and there was one time I remember being in, I don't know if I was, I must've been in junior high. Cause I couldn't, I wasn't driving yet. And there was this swimsuit that I really wanted. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the store Gadzooks that was like big in the mall. Back yes. Then. yes. Okay. So yes. <laughs> there was this, I remember it, it was like a black and neon green, like swimsuit that I had to have. It was like shorts in the bottom, bikini top on top. And my mom had said, I was like, that's all I want. It can count as like my birthday present, which my birthday's not until October. I was like, whatever. I want the swimsuit. So she drops me off at the mall with $50. And she was like, just bring me back my change, you know, but you'll go, you can get that swimsuit. 
And I knew that that was not money she had to just hand over to me. And so I was like, put it in my pocket. I go in, I try on this. They didn't have my size. So I'm, but I'm trying to make it work. They were either too big, too small. So I didn't get it. I put my clothes on. I go back into the car somewhere in the process of, of try, getting undressed and trying on clothes. I had lost the money she gave me. And oh, I, I remember getting in the car and my mom being like, where's the swimsuit? I was like, oh, they didn't have my size. She's like, okay, well, you know, just give me the money. And whenever they will go back and try again another day, checking every pocket in my jeans and it not being there. And I went back inside. I searched the, the dressing room. I asked mm-hmm. the guy, you know, the like 17 year old working at the front. I'm like, did he win? And he's not going to say they did. And like, he's like, no, nobody dropped any money. So I had to go back out and I remember my mom crying. And I remember thinking like, I like, I'm sure like, that's not a huge moment in someone's life, but it's so embedded in me and like my story and my relationship with money. And I think that everybody has that moment at some point in their lives, whether it is realizing that you had less than somebody else or realizing you had more than somebody else or, you know, or not getting something because you couldn't afford it or, you know, becoming an adult and realizing like, oh, you have to actually like pay taxes and all that money you're making (laughs) isn't yours. And there's so many little things that, you know, I think are just, and, and like that story doesn't live at the forefront of my mind, but there are moments where with my own kids or in my own life, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling of watching her be so upset over me losing that money that we could not afford to lose without something coming back in return. You know, it was, Mm. she was okay giving that up if it meant me getting what I wanted, but it was not okay to just to like throw it out into the wind and not, you know, have anything to show for it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Just oh. Boy, did I feel that. Oh my gosh. I'm sure so many people listening just felt that because that is like, Oh, that is the thing, isn't it? Like that, that feeling. And I think this isn't necessarily one of the three myths I want to talk about today, but that feeling, it it adds like a morality to money, right? Like you are bad, like you did. And that feeling, right? Even though it's not necessarily true, this was an accident and oh my gosh, it could have happened to anybody, right? But that morality gets twisted into money And that's where we as women really get tripped up because we start to make our mishandling of money or any mistakes we've made or any accidents that have happened around money, we make it our fault. We start to identify ourselves as bad or irresponsible or floopy or whatever those little terms are. Everybody uses about women and money and we start to internalize that. And it's really dangerous, but we so see how it happens, right? Like you said, oh, what a great story. Oh my goodness. You guys couldn't see me, but my hands uh, were over my mouth. And she was telling me, I was like, no, like I can feel it coming. coming. <laughs> I did. I was like, no. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's such a great story. Again. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to dive into the three myths. I'm dying to know what these are and kind of break them down. So let's get into it. Yes. So these are not mine. I always like to, you know, in the coaching industry, right, there's a lot of like shiftiness around data and information. So I always like to say where this comes from, because while we take information and make it ours, I always love to attribute it where it's due. And these three myths come from a book that's called The Soul of Money, which I highly recommend everybody read. It is by Lynn Twist. And Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N-E, but The Soul of Money. It's a fantastic book. It's old. I think it was written in the 80s or so, but the the truth of 
a lot of it still holds. Okay. Um, and myth number one is my favorite. It's not, but it's the easiest to bust. <laughs> and it is, um, <clears throat> it is that there's not enough. We are born into the myth that there's not enough. And this comes up, you guys, especially those of you who are moms, or if you were ever a child, which means all of us, um, there's that stupid game. There's a funny YouTube video of me acting this out on stage somewhere, but um, it's, you know, that game musical chairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how effed up that game is. Can we just say that? Like, yes. oh, how stupid is that game? Yeah. Like that game is like, let's take away a chair from a child and let him feel like a jerk. And stand there with no chair, right? Like we are teaching there's not enough. And then we encourage bad behavior. Oh, is that your best friend on the chair? Knock him out of the way. It's a, uh-huh. what? Yeah. I never like thought of it are, like that, but you're so right. It's nasty, right? And this is what I mean. Like it's passed down and we're like, oh, look, it's a cute little game. No, what you're teaching them is it's okay to hurt other people to get yours. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like how gross is that? And so that's why this one's my favorite because I think it's the most insidious, right? And we've all we've all felt it, right? Um, and it it's sort of the foundation for the other two myths. Like the other two myths can't ex- cannot exist without this being true. And <clears throat> for those of you that are are saying, but Sarah, I don't have enough money to pay my electric bill. I'll be like, I know, I got it, I got it. But there's enough. There's enough. There's somebody you can call. There's ways you can work things out. And anytime we start to doubt this, I always, you know, say to people, have you ever been to an amusement park and seen the garbage can? There is so much left over. Mm-hmm. Look at your own garbage can. Look at your kids' plates. Like there's enough. But we were born into this myth. And then it gets reinforced with stupid games like musical chairs over and over and over that there's not enough. And when something caught in my throat time of year (laughs) so annoying I got tea and everything anyway um but what it has us do is it 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 becomes kind of an excuse either to not try hard right because there's just not enough anyway so whatever so we don't try hard and or we start doing really nasty stuff this is where people evade their taxes. Like you were talking about, kids are like, I don't want to pay them that money, yeah. right? Because so I don't have enough of my own. Mm-hmm. As opposed to looking at it and saying, listen, this makes sure I have roads. This makes sure I have electricity. This makes sure the basic functions are met so I can continue to make more money. We don't look at it that way because we're taught to look at it through the lens and there's not enough. Right. And that's when people start to get shady, right? And that's when we get those breaking news stories about so-and-so who stole so much money from other people because- they're living under this myth that there's not enough. And so they got to do nasty stuff to make sure they get theirs. And it's really important that we look at where we were taught that, you know, there's not enough. I mean, even in both of our stories, right. There wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. There wasn't enough for me to do both. And there wasn't enough money for you to be losing it like that. Right. And that's where that morality starts to seep in. And we start telling ourselves really nasty stories, but it's not true. There is enough. And for those of you running businesses who are just like, no, no, there's not enough. There's not enough customers. So-and-so has more followers, all that kind of stuff is I love to do this with people is just sit down, actually like a look at your financial goal and really sit back and look at how many customers you need in a year. Like really, like really, really how many customers you need in a year. And for most people, it's around 200 depends on what you're selling. If you're selling a product, Mm -hmm. it can be more like 2000. 
ooh, 2000, there are 330 million people in the United States. There's enough. And when we can start to see our businesses through that lens of like, oh, I actually really only need to interact with this many people to make a really solid living and take care of my family and pay my taxes and do what I'm here to do and to be able to live my talents and experience and expertise and share that with the world. All of a sudden, the burden, quote unquote, of trying to get quote unquote, your people disappears. And now you're just sharing what you love to do with other people who really want to participate with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I use this a lot with in photography because I say that, you know, a lot of photographers like to say like, oh, there's just, there's too many photographers in the area that do what I do and there's not enough clients. And they love to use that as an excuse. And the example Mm -hmm. I give, so, um, I use senior high school senior photography because it's really easy to, to do numbers here. So I live in a very small town outside of like the Dallas Fort Worth area. And with it, and, and again, I'm in a very small area. This is not like a in the city or even in a suburb. I'm out in the country. And where I live, if you go 10 miles in any direction, you're going to hit at least one or two high schools. And So for example, right around me, there's, I can think of one, two, three, four, five high schools within like 10 miles of my house. Each of those high schools have at least two to 400 high school seniors in their building. Okay. So let's just say 200 at five different, that's a thousand high school seniors. Let's say you only shoot high school senior girls. So let's cut that in half. That's 500. There's no way you could photograph 500 high school seniors. If you only need 50 to meet your quota for the year or whatever, then you're looking at when, yeah, when you break it down, you look at the numbers and you're only talking about the ones within 10 miles of me. If you go 20 miles out, you're going to double or triple that. And so I think like using that example, a lot of people go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Like there isn't, there are enough people, there are enough to go around. And that's the same thing with money. Like there are people willing to pay you money if you are just out there asking for it in a sense, in my opinion, like if you are out there like sharing what you do and sharing what you offer, people are going to want to pay you money and you're going to have enough. (laughs) So I I like, I like the way you like breaking it down and actually looking at the numbers instead of just saying like, Oh, I need more. Well, what, mm-hmm. how much more? What do you actually need? And then making that happen. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love that. And you just led us right into myth number two. Oh, perfect. Which is more is better. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's myth number two is more is better. And this one is exhausting. You guys, this, I hate this one. This one is my least favorite because it feels so real. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's say, I don't know how six figures became a thing, but whatever. Let's say you finally hit six figures in your business, right? So you're there. What do you think happens the second after you hit that number? You want more. You go, that's right. Oh, well, I should have really hit 250, right? Or whatever the, I mean, it's like nonstop and it's so mean because you hit some, you finally hit a goal. You're like, oh my God, you get about 45 seconds of joy before this myth comes in and robs you of all your happiness. Like it is almost instantaneous and it happens for weight loss more is better, right? It happens for money more is better. It happens for people with the size of their homes more is better. Yeah. Okay. Until you have to clean it and (laughs) organize it. Like you guys, I'm like, Oh my God, it's not better. And this idea that, um, 
I think it sort of really took hold probably after the Great Depression, right? This idea that like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we have to have more, we have to have more just in case, just in case, just in case. And the hoarding we hear about people who were raised in the Great Depression. And then it happened again in the 70s. This idea things got super tight. So people were hoarding gas and then welcome to 2020. Now people, it's down to toilet paper, right? Like, <laughs> But this idea of like more yeah. is better, more is better. I have to have it. I have to have it stocked up. And you can see how there's not enough is right underneath that. Like I said, there's not enough is the foundation. And right on top of it, that feeds right into is this idea that more is better. And I just really hope you guys remember this. The next time you hit a goal, keep the joy. Yeah. <laughs> more I agree. is not always better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I say this a lot. I'm like, we don't celebrate things enough. Like, and I'm I say this to myself because I am a victim of this. I like I do this a lot too. It is, is like you you work so hard to get to something. And then, yeah, you get there and you're like, okay, that's great. Now what? Now what's next? What's next? What's next? And so Mm -hmm. I always say like, you've got to make a point to stop and celebrate the success that you've had and to look back and go, look what I just accomplished. Like, look how far I came. Like I went from point A to point B. I worked my butt off in the middle of all of it. I did all this stuff and I made it to point B. But then it's like, yeah, you're right. All of a sudden we're like, oh, but what's at point C? And we forget, we lose that feeling of like what it was to be at point A, wanting to be at point B. And then we're like, oh, we just got what we always said we wanted. Why are we not happy? You know, like what, Mm -hmm. what's, what's wrong with this picture? (laughs) Yeah. And it's the myth. Yeah. That's what's at work is like, yeah, but that's it. Cause more is better. And it's just awful because even if you hit seven figures, well, you should have hit 7.1. I mean, it's just awful. Yeah. So, um, so I love how you said that too. It reminds me, you know, I talk a lot about you know, when you're on the journey, if you look down at the path, it looks the same, right? As you walk and walk and walk, if you're looking down at the path, you look at your feet, it looks exactly the same. It's not until you do exactly what you just said. I love that where you take a second, you kind of lift your head up and look back and go, oh my God, wow. And then that can help put this myth to to bed a little bit, which is so important because boy, do we rob ourselves of joy all the time, right? I talk a lot about gratitude because this is something that's changed my mental state a lot in the last year or two. It's gratitude. And I know a lot of people talk about gratitude journals and all that kind of stuff, but one of the things that's really, really helped me is keeping track of these little, little wins or like, even like, um, the some stupid, like screenshotting my Instagram account on a regular basis, because going back and being able to say, and I know like you can scroll back to like older posts and stuff, but being able to go back and be like, look, look at just how my content has changed. Look at how I'm showing up online has changed. You know, little things like I kind of compare it to weight loss. When you are on a weight loss journey, you don't see the changes in yourself because you're looking at yourself every single day. Just like you said, you're looking at the the same path. You're looking down and it looks exactly the same. But when Mm -hmm. you look up one day and you go, oh, six months down the road, you're like, wow, look, if I look back at pictures of me six months ago versus today, like I look so different. You start to see that change. So I think it's so smart to document your journey and whatever that looks like for you, whether it is journaling, writing things down, keeping like screenshots of things that you're doing in your business, um, you know, just saving things, little mementos of things, because that's, what's going to help you reflect and go back and be like, oh yeah, I am now at a point where I dreamed of being at one point in my life and now I'm here and let's be grateful for this. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and I think we have to do those kind of we'll call them reality checks or audits, yes. right? Every once in a while, we got to just sort of check in and be like, I love that you do that. That's so smart about the Instagram. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. So we ready for myth number three? So I'm we ready. have, there's not enough, right? And then more is better. And this last one locks them all in place. And this one's gross and it is, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Right. And this is the one that has us stop trying. This is the one that says, well, but you don't understand Sarah. I'm just like this. This is just the way I am. I'm always going to be in debt. Like you just don't get it. To which I lovingly respond. That's right. Yeah. Out of 7 billion people on the planet, you're the only person to be going through this. Sure. That's right. No, (laughs) that's not right. Everybody has broken through something, right? Everybody has, has figured out how to change small habits, how to do little, little things on a daily basis that make an enormous impact on the quality of their lives or their relationship to money or their romantic relationships. The list goes on and on. And that everything is changeable. Everything. Everything is changeable if you are willing to believe that you can do it. And I think part of this myth that we like, this whole idea, well, that's just the way it is. You know, you get to kind of shrug and go, well, it's not really my problem. Like, I can't really do anything about it, right? It kind of lets us off the hook. And I really want to invite everybody, especially the women, right, to investigate that myth. And part of what, you know, I think we're seeing with so much social change and all the things happening is understanding that most of the institutions systems, ideas that have been put in place that are older than 50 years serve men. Mm-hmm. And that's not to be a dig, right? That's not to be like, those dang men. I not at all. I love men. That's not the point at all. <laughs> the idea is understanding who put those in place and why would they put those in place? And the chances are it's because it serves them. Mm-hmm. It works for them, right? I'm talking about corporate structure, talking about the fact that women couldn't have their own credit cards without a man's signature until 1974, talking about the uneven distribution of household activity, right? That yeah. we still see. All of you women who see that the one guy who shows up every once in a while at your local school to volunteer, everybody goes crazy. Oh my God, he's so great. Oh my God, look at that one. The system that's put in place is there to tell you that your volunteerism, your time isn't as worth as much as his. Mm-hmm. And you've got to start to look at that. And again, not meant to be a dig at all. It's more of like sort of questioning, just like these myths, like, wait a second, how did this happen? How did this get here that I volunteered 
every day for the last two months, nobody said anything to me. This dude shows up for 45 minutes and everybody goes nuts. How did that happen? Again, not with anger, but with curiosity. And like, how am I responding to that? And do I feel like my time doesn't matter? Do I feel like I'm supposed to do this and not get paid? Whoa, how did that happen? And just sort of start to question this because as we start to break up these myths, we've got to break up our own myths. We've got to start to understand that our time is really valuable and that our experiences are really valuable. And that anytime we're out there helping people, that matters. And to not dismiss that the way we've probably been taught to dismiss it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one's probably like one of my biggest, um, I don't know if triggering is the word I would say, but like frustration points is because Mm. I... I'm a doer. Like it drives me nuts. Like, so I have this one friend who I love her to death, but she is always the one that like, when she calls me, I have to prepare myself for complaint after complaint, you know, like it's always this, yes. like, what was me? Like everything's going against me. Like my life sucks, like all that stuff. And I'm the kind of person that's like, well, let's figure out how to fix it. Like, let's figure out like what you can do to get yourself out of this. Like, Okay. So your business is struggling. Let's find something else you can do to help make money. Okay. So you're having a hard time with your weight. Let's do this. Oh, you feel bad about this. Let's let's, I'm a fixer. And so the idea of just saying like, Oh, that's just how it is. We're just going to li-. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. Like it just does not sit well with me. And so it's, it's hard for me to understand it when people feel mm-hmm. that way. And it's hard for me to like empathize with it because I don't connect with it on that level, but I can see how it's kind of a cop-out. It's like, it's an easy way for people to say like, well, it's not me. It's everybody else. It's Mm -hmm. not my fault. It's everybody. It's, it's the world's fault. This is just what I, the cards I was dealt. And, and I'm always like, well, no, put the cards back and build yourself a new set. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I just, I have a hard time with that one when it comes to people using it as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can see it in almost every area of life, right? It's not my fault. My family has big bones. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's hard for me to lose weight. I have a slow metabolism or all the way down to money. Like I can't make more money because I don't know what I'm doing. That idea, right? And that these have been handed down to us. They're not real. And we've also seen it with systems, right? Mm -hmm. It's not my fault. The system is rigged. And while there's an acknowledgement of where there are challenges and things are hard, like you said, you got dealt a certain hand, you can acknowledge the hand and be like, yep, that's what I was dealt. Watch me play it. Yeah. And that's the fire we want to start to see, especially in women, as we're starting to break down some of these myths and ideas, and we're seeing it more and more. And I think Kendra, cause there's more women like you and me that love to get up and make things happen. We're starting to see a fire get lit that we want to share as consistently and as often as we can, Mm -hmm. which is if there is a system in place, if there's a belief you have, if there's a way you've always done things, you can always change that. Yeah. Always. And I think we got to really get that message out. Well, and I think women are good at this. You know, I think, and, and maybe I'm just being a little bit, um, I don't want to say biased, obviously we're women, we feel this way too, but like I, so we were watching a, a show the other night on TV, like a 2020 special 
and then I don't even remember exactly but it was some true crime kind of thing but I, it, it got me thinking I was like you know what's the kind of the thread line that you see in a lot of these like true crime or like where someone's child was wronged or killed or something happened it's the mom it's always the mom that steps up oh I know it was one that was like about um some attorney that was supposed to give out money to a family who had had something happen a wrongful death and he ended up he kept pushing them off pushing them off anyway kept the money for himself whole kind of shady deal but it was the mom it was always the mom in the story who's like the woman who was like no I'm going to figure out what's going on here I'm going to get to the bottom I'm going to make phone calls I'm going to make things happen I'm going to figure this out it's always the women I'm not always but Mm -hmm. a lot of times like when you hear these kinds of stories you're like oh it wasn't the guy, it wasn't, you know, no offense to dads, but it wasn't the dad who was like, I'm going to write this wrong. It's usually the moms who are like, mm-hmm. let's make, let's get shit done. Like, let's figure this yeah. out, you know? Yeah. I, I think that like, you see that sort of through line in history with women. And yet we also tend to kind of be like, well, I don't know if I'm capable of that. But when we are really put ourselves to it, I think we, at the I think for the majority, most of us have it in our baseline soul of like, no, I'm, this is not just the way it is. I'm not just going to take this as it's given to me. And when you tap into that, I think that's where incredible things can happen and change can be made. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yes, I totally agree with you. And it is... What's so amazing about what you just said, and I, I've been talking about women all through, you know, the, the pandemic as well. We're the shock absorbers, mm-hmm. right? Like when something fell, like the world fell down, what was it? Like 1.2 million women left their jobs that year. Yeah. Well, because somebody had to take care of the kid, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's so many women who are like, I wanted to do that. I was happy. 
awesome. Yeah. But then there were others who were, I'm not making as much. That system's in place, right? It's like, uh, yeah. you should have been making as much, right? Like there's no reason for that not to be the case. And so we got to look at all of that and make sure that throughout that entire process of fighting, which we do to your point is brilliant. And we absolutely do. It's how we know we're so capable. Um, and then we're taught to believe we're not right. Or yeah. that our time doesn't matter and we should volunteer and we should drop out. And we like, it's that all of that's under there too. So we want to look at all of that as well and go, why is this just the way it is? Mm-hmm. Why is it the women? right? What is happening here? And do we want to keep it this way? Like at least examine it and don't take it on as default. Right. And I think you're so right. Cause we're so dang capable that we could just do anything. And this leads me to something I wasn't going to talk about today, but I think it's super cool. It's just come out. I want to say this is about six or seven weeks old at the time of this recording is this new idea. People are talking about high functioning codependence in women. Okay. And so many people like the second they hear high functioning codependence, they're like, I think that's me. They don't even know what it means where they're like, I'm a high functioner. I think (laughs) that's right. It does. Right. And it's this idea that because we can do this, right? So if you were born into a female body, physiologically, we have more connective tissue between our two hemispheres of our brains, right? So right brain, left brain, they can interact faster and with more efficiency than a, than a male brain. That's just a physiological thing. And it's again, not meant to be a day. This is what makes men so great. Like if you ever watch a guy focus on something and you're like, can I get your help? They're like, dude, I'm watching TV. Like, (laughs) meanwhile, you're like on the phone, changing the kids, making dinner, run right as because we can. Yeah. Right. So it's like, and both, both of these things have their benefits and both of them have like not the benefits. Right. So this idea that because we can function at such a high level, we get rewarded for it. Going back to your point about the true crimes, like it's like we see a void, we can fill it. Mm-hmm. And so we do. And when I say it's going to be up to women to help shift this a little bit to make sure we're okay while we do that, is there's the codependence piece, which is you hear things like, oh my God, she's killing it. Or, oh my God, she's so selfless. Mm-hmm. Which I really hate that term because actually that, that is correct. The self is gone. Yeah. There is no woman in there anymore. There's a shell of a woman running around doing all the things and she doesn't even know she peed today. That's the codependence pieces. We get rewarded for giving and giving and giving and giving and functioning, 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 functioning to the point that we're not healthy. We're not sleeping. We don't know what day it is. Happens to me more often than I'd like to admit, right? Like <laughs> this is something where we go and we look at this, this idea, right? This high functioning codependence and we go, okay, this is not the way this has to stay. And that's what I mean by breaking up this myth. It's like when somebody starts to define something or starts to explain something, I want the follow-up question to always be, okay, I got that. And do we want it to stay this way? Yeah. To your point of like, uh-uh, yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. is not staying this way. But we have to, I think, kind of understand it well yeah. in order to move through. Does that make sense? No, I think absolutely. Yeah. Which was kind of going to bring me to my, my question going back to the three myths. Like, so we have these three myths that we, there's not enough money, that more is better, or that that's just how it is and it stays that way. And so if someone's listening to us and thinking like, yeah, I resonate with one, two, three, or all of the above or any combination of the above. Like, what do you, how do you move past those? Like, what are some things we can do to say, okay, yes, I have it from things in my past, my childhood experiences that I've had in life growing up. I have this idea that there's not enough money that I Mm -hmm. need to, that it's just, there's just not enough out there. And so either I need to hoard what I have or whatever whatever result that is showing. 
how do we move past that? What do we do to kind of overcome those myths and start having a healthier relationship with our mindset around money? Boy, did you just nail it right on the head. (laughs) Yes, this is the best part. So you talked about it already, which is gratitude, right? And I hate, I know, I know, I just felt the eye rolls. I know my people, I know, I feel you. Except that what we want to understand about gratitude, and this is not the only answer, by the way, this is just the beginning, um, is that it's free and it's always accessible to you, always. And literally putting on a piece of music right? Reading a note somebody wrote to you, uh, looking at past invoices that have been paid, these sorts of things of like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. That can immediately shift the perspective enough that you can start doing the rest of the work. Okay. So that is just the beginning. No, it is not the answer to everything, but it is truly profound when you recognize how quickly you can shift your mood, when you feel despair, when you are staring at a bill, you do not know how you're going to pay, right? Or you've made a financial mistake and you know you have to tell somebody about it. And it's like, oh my God, and the morality has seeped in and you're starting to feel awful about yourself. These are real moments. Like we have these, this is real life. Let's talk about it. In that moment, gratitude can at least stop the stress and the panic and the fear to the point that you can think. And again, it is free and it is always accessible to you. So please use it. It's right there. So once we have that and you can start to think again, your prefrontal cortex is now not under fight or flight. Like you can be a person, right? And I mean that seriously, like we're idiots when we're in that mode. We make the biggest mistakes when we do that. So please take a second to just be grateful for what you already have. Um, And then the question is, there's two actually. One is, do I want it to stay this way? Because we're really weird. We sometimes, you guys, this is tough medicine, so hang on to your hats and glasses, but we sometimes keep bad things in place or negative things. I'll say not bad, but negative things in place because they tell us a story. And the story might be, you know, you're really just not that good with money. You know, I don't know who you think you are to be doing this. You're so stupid. We keep those in place, which is awful sounding, right? But you've Mm -hmm. probably been through a moment where you're like, Why do I keep that bill on the counter? It's still there, right? I'm a big Marie Kondo fan where she talks about how everything in your line of sight is telling you a story, Mm -hmm. right? And it could be, you can't afford me. I don't know why you bought me. And it could be, you're such a slob. Like we keep these things in place. So the genuine question is, do you want it to stay this way? Now your knee-jerk reaction might be, no, But I'll tell you, I was just talking to a one-on-one client not long ago. We were talking about how she has this debt number. She just likes to hover around this same debt number. I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience. Like for me in my 20s, it was $15,000. It was always there. I'd pay it off and it'd snap right back. I'm like, where'd you come from? Right? Like, Uh it's like this weird thing. Like everybody's kind of got a number. And we were talking about the number. She's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, I don't just hang on. What would you do if it wasn't there? And she was like, I don't know what I'd worry about. And I was like, oh my God, she was a problem solver and she was keeping it in place. So she'd have something to worry about and fix Wow. over. And I mean, wild, right? So you guys, I know it's tough medicine, but be honest with yourself and say, why am I keeping this here? Because you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, you're hanging out with Kendra, you are capable. You are super smart. You've got ambition. You've got dreams. This is a lie that you are keeping in place for some reason that you like. I know. I know. Wow. I know. I'm, it's very hard to wrap your head around. I'm like mm-hmm. going through, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm in a therapy <laughs> session. I'm like, what exactly do I have around me? That's like, yes. <laughs> now I'm going to start looking for things. 
I'm telling you, you guys, that's life changing. Like I know she calls her book, the life changing magic of tidying up. It is no joke. It really does change your life. Like it is one of those things you go, Oh my God. Like right now on my desk, I have the soul of money, the only way to win and get this. This is so funny. You guys, I've struggled with weight my entire life. You want to just die. Kendra's going to see it, but it's stop the insanity by Susan powder. (laughs) (laughs) 523 years old and it's on my desk. It supports my water mostly, there but it's go. telling me, is it right? Pay attention, Sarah, watch what you eat today. Stay healthy. Right. But that's it is brilliant. funny. What we have yeah. it works. Um, anywho. So that's the first question is, do I want it to stay this way? And then the other way to sort of get to this is looking at it. Cause we all think it's money. It's not the money, right? It's these ideas underneath the money really. Um, so it's, If I had all the money I needed, all of it, all everything I needed right now, what in my daily life would actually change? Mm. And what that does is it gets us to kind of like what gratitude does. It slows you down enough to go, hang on a second. What would change now for so many, I'm a huge JK Rowling fan as a study of her, like listening to nudges and getting ideas and the the hundreds of thousands of jobs she's created from listening to that one idea of this kid with a scar and glasses that appeared to her on a train. Like what? Like how many of us have had ideas or moments that we just let them fly by, right? It could have been so easy for her to do that. So I love studying her. And she was asked once, what is it like to be so wealthy? And her response was, honestly, it's amazing to not have to worry. And that was her response on a day-to-day basis, you guys. All the money in the world, you're still the same person. You still might even have the same underwear that you put on today. You might have the same socks you put on today. You might have the same jeans you put on today. What actually in your life would change in the way that you experience yourself on a day-to-day basis? And that can sort of unlock for us what we think we're chasing. Yeah. So if we think we're chasing the bigger house, it's like, I actually really don't care about that. I just want to feel like things are pretty. Yeah. I just want to feel like I walk into every room and I'm elated. Yeah. You can make that happen now. Yeah. And I might be like, I just want to go work out. So go in your basement workout. There's like 9 million free workouts on Instagram. Like, do you see what I'm like? Just Mm -hmm. start, just kind of break that down for yourself a little bit. And you realize what you're actually chasing is something internal that you can create right now. Yeah. And so as you, as you create that, you're like, Sarah, I still can't pay my electric bill. I'm like, I got it. I got it. I know there's real life here too. Right. So you go and you start to create that feeling of having enough now by doing the things you want. This is not an imaginary exercise. Like I said, you want to work out, go work out right now. Like make it happen. Now you want a prettier room, go buy $2 of flowers. Like I'm not saying do expensive things here, start to create that experience and watch what happens to your head. Because what will happen is you will start to generate the money you need. So it's like, and I say that not, again, not magical. This is not about a manifestation process. This is like, if you found out your child needed a $50,000 surgery that was not covered by insurance, you'd freaking find it. And you'd find it right now. And I know you would. So what's the difference between that and the bill that's in front of you? You feel like you can't pay. There is no difference except your mindset about it. So if you can start to get your head, you start with the gratitude, you start figuring out why you're keeping this in place. And then you start to create the life you say you want for free, which you can do now, really like anything you need to learn or just Google it. I say GTS. That means Google that shit. Like <laughs> just go Google it. Yeah. I mean, GTS and baby, I say that to all my clients all the time, like GTS it. 
you can learn or have anything you actually really want right now. And if you can get in that headspace and then tell yourself, I'm generating this money today, what am I going to do? That different headspace will cause you to create a new product, to call an old client, Mm -hmm. to call a friend, to create a sale, to get frisky about the way you combine things and then offer that to people. Like you'll find it if your head's in the right space. But if your head is in, there's not enough. I suck because more is better. And there's not really anything I can do right now anyway. Those are all lies. They are all lies and you can get rid of them in the moment. Did I answer your question, Kendra? Oh my gosh. Yes. So okay. much so. I, well, and just that last one of like, I mean, there's so many things I'm unpacking in my brain as you're talking, because like when you were saying like, what would change? And I was like, that's exactly the same. Like for me, it's like, it's the security piece, you know, mm-hmm. it's the fact that again, it goes back to the childhood of like always kind of being on this roller coaster ride of do we have enough do we not do we have enough do we have a not and the idea that even now as an adult like I I live a very wonderful life I mean like we don't need or want for anything and yet I still have this fear of like of not having not not having I've had this fear of like not having the security that I crave and so the idea that like okay yes this is not about the money, it's about what the money helps me to feel, which is secure and stable. And so, yeah, like that's, it's so, that's so fascinating. Like, it's not even about the money. Like when we forget that it's not the money, it's what the money does in our minds and our, our bodies and everything. Like it just, what it creates in the world around us. So this has been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I hope that anyone listening to this, that if you're listening to this while you were in the car, listen again, when you have a notepad in front of you, because I have an entire page of notes that I took just listening to you talk. Um, keep this one as like a favorite to replay at some point, because this is definitely one that people need to go back and listen to as reminders. This was amazing. So thank you so much for sharing this with us. I feel like I need to like come to you for therapy in the future. <laughs> My door is always open. <laughs> I'll schedule that weekly therapy call with you now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it, baby. I love it. I love it. Oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, thank you, you. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Thank you is what I was going to say. I really appreciate you having me on and I love that we could have such an honest conversation and really go there. Yeah. Cuz this is real stuff. Like yeah. money is important and it impacts us. Like we really got to understand what's going on for us. Well, and I say this and I, you know, I have a one of my coaching clients said this to me before. She's like, "I love that you are just willing to share all these things. And I was like, this is what I want to do more of is I want to, like, I have no, no issue telling you my life story. I have no issue telling you like what I have fears and concerns around, because if it helps one person listening to this to go, yeah, I feel that way too. Or, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one who like felt this need for safety and security or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. then I'm willing to put it all out there and tell my, you know, sob stories of like losing $50 at the mall when I was 14. And like, you know, like Mm -hmm. those, those things I have no problem talking about. And I love that you're willing to go there too. So thank you for, for sharing your story and sharing your knowledge and just being amazing. Thank you so much. So tell people if they want to know more about you, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, where they can learn about what you offer and what you do. Sure. Sure. So thank you for that. And just one quick thing for all of you who thought about security and safety, the best question you can ask is what would make me feel safe and secure and then take action on that. Like today, whatever that is. Okay. 
All right. I just had to put that in there. <laughs> no, so, awesome. all right. <laughs> so I have a couple things. I mean, you can find me at sarahwalton.com and that's Sarah with an H. I also have a podcast. It's called the Game On Girlfriend Podcast because the game is on. Um, and we have a YouTube channel where I put on a weekly show called Sarah Uncut, where I just sort of tell the truth about all of the craziness that is my life. It's a lot of fun. I love doing that. Um, so you can find that there. And then for those of you that are running businesses and you're like, okay, let's deal with this money situation. Um, I have a gift for you. It's called the freedom number. Okay. So this is a download, which you can get at sarahwalton.com slash freedom. Try to make it easy people. But what you'll get there is it's a worksheet that actually has you calculate the number that you need to make top line in your business to feel like you're free, to feel that moment of like, Oh my God, my shoulders are out of my ears. I can breathe. Holy cow, what just happened, right? And what happens is you're going to notice there's a gap, right? So there's what you're making now and there's where you need to get to. But here's the deal, you guys. So many people don't ever figure out that number. They never figure out what is that number that's going to make me feel safe and secure, that's real, that's tangible. It's so important because if you don't have a target you're aiming for, you're never going to hit anything. So what this does is give you that. And then on the back half of the worksheet, I give you ideas for how to get there. So I don't just leave you there with the gap. We're actually going to look at how you can fill that in. All right. So that's my gift to you guys. This has just been amazing, Kendra. I've just absolutely loved this conversation. Well, thank you so much. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm again, my brain is like, again, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to keep soaking in this the rest of the day. Cause I'm like, I need to really work on it. And I'm going to go use your work, your little calculator thing. I need to look at that as well. So Thank you so much. I would love to have you back on in the future and let's dive into this a little bit more. So we look forward to having you on again. Oh, I'd love it. Thank you so much, Kendra. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And as always, you can find any links or resources mentioned in today's show down in the show notes. And if we're not friends outside of the podcast yet, then what are you waiting for? Come find me on Instagram at Girl Means Business and send me a DM letting me know what you thought of today's episode or any of the past episodes you've listened to. You can also take a screenshot of today's episode and post it to your stories tagging at Girl Means Business and I'll give you a shout out on my page. I love connecting with you and hearing all about your business and can't wait to get to know you more. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place.